Okay, so welcome to Spheretical World, our first interview, and the honour goes to Dottie from Dottie's World. Hello, Dottie. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm um, good. Um, we have a few things in common. Do you know what they are? Um, well, I know that we share a birthday, we- and I know that we, neither of us live on a nonsense pressurized open system spinning water ball rocketing through the endless vastness of space (laughs) (laughs) well yeah uh, yeah two for two yeah that's that's good that's a good start um i don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of the previous podcasts but i'm i'm kind of aiming it low like starting off with some very basic stuff and hopefully i'll work up to the more sophisticated stuff but my my aim is to actually engage people in the conversation without the ridicule the hate and the nonsense that goes along with telling people that you don't believe we're on you know the spinning pear rocket covered in water hurtling through space okay Um, yeah i am definitely not one who enjoys like actively waking people up you know i'll i'll share stuff book and whatnot but um yeah, if people want to just endlessly argue about it, I'm like, I- I'm not your person for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm done with the arguing. If if I if someone asks my opinion, mm-hmm. I tell them, and then their response is, you know, you didn't go to school. I hope you don't breed. You know, go kill yourself. Yep. Then obviously that person is quite frankly not worth talking to. And I'm I'm starting to see a definite divide between. Not just awake people, but people that I would consider NPCs and people I would consider player characters. And I think there's slightly more player characters in the world at the moment than there was NPCs before this COVID thing started. Yes, I think that this has been definitely waking people up in a lot of different ways. The thing I'm noticing right now, um, I live in Washington State in the U.S., And so everywhere around me is uh, just seemingly magically catching on fire. And um, I'm noticing that a lot of, you know, kind of regular people are like, what's going on? How is this happening? Uh, This doesn't look natural. And I'm, I'm trying to very like gently suggest that it might not be a natural fire that there might be something bigger at play but um yeah you can just kind of tell who who picks up on the clues and who doesn't but um but yeah i'm not going to aggressively be like what do you know about directed energy weapons do you know they're doing this to us? And, um, but, yeah, yeah you obviously know about weather weather modification as well you know don't don't give me that nonsense do you know what I mean um i had a I had a very good experience yesterday at work. Uh, I'd been doing some gen- general building work I was doing at the time. And I'd, it, a, a bit dusty, you know, and uh, one of my or a work colleague came over and I started coughing. And I said, oh, you know, don't worry about the cough. I said, I've just kicked up a load of dust, you know, on this roof. And it's just caught me wrong. I, you know, cause I, did, I wasn't wearing a mask, obviously, but because oh, I was outside, fresh air blowing everywhere. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Slight cough, said, don't worry, it's nothing serious, it's just the dust I've just inhaled, as it were. And they went, not interested, mm-hmm. it's a load of nonsense. And I thought, oh, bonus. <laughs> so, so at least one other person, if not two, that I work with, you know, and I said, oh, I'm glad someone else thinks the same because 
I can't mention it in my house. I can't say, like, the numbers don't add up. I can't supply any references to the nonsense that's going on and say, you know, if you compare these numbers with these numbers, you know, what's going on? I, I can't say that in my house. I, I just get that, you know, the rolling eyes and the just shut up, you know. So it's nice to be able to talk to real people, you know, in in the real world and know that, you know, you're not the only one for a 10-mile radius that thinks it's nonsense, which is good. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I've been encountering, um, like, I go into, you know, stores and businesses, whatever, and I don't really seem to have a problem with getting in without a mask. There's a, like, it, it seems to be if there's someone, like, stationed at the door, then they will hassle me about it. But most of the time, you can just get away easily by saying you can't wear a mask, you have a medical exemption, whatever, and they don't really bother you about it but i i am wondering if i'm like somehow invisible in some ways not wearing a mask because i don't have anybody like in the stores harassing me i don't have anybody like trying to be confrontational of me but i mean honestly if they're so scared that they're wearing a mask just to go into the grocery store and then they possibly see me without one. Like they probably just are like so scared of coming near me because they assume that I'm going to, you know, give them this horrible deadly virus or whatever, because, you know, people are only wearing a mask to protect me from them transferring it to me. So if I'm not wearing one, oh, well, I must be be deadly and, you know, I'm going to kill them with my presence. But um <laughs> But I'm happy that people just kind of politely leave me alone and, uh, and yeah, just kind of act like I don't really uh, exist. And, yeah, I've had many times. Am I, am I invisible? Like, can people actually see me? Or I, I'm not sure what it is, but well, um, I'm just glad to not be harassed over it. That, that's that's a, good, uh, a good segue because talking of being invisible and like-minded people david weiss says the same thing he he thinks he's invisible when he walks around people just don't seem to bother him about it um and so on that note um flattoberfest you've got yes. a little, we've got a scheme to try and get you to flattoberfest now obviously you can't post me a dome because i'm in the uk but right i know yeah do Shipment you have very expensive yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you have a, a PayPal or anything set up? So if someone wanted to donate to help you get to Flattoberfest, is that an option? I do have a PayPal. Yes, it's paypal.me slash finding Dottie. And Dottie is spelled D-O-T-T-I-E. And um, you can email me at Dottie's Wonderdomes 1111 at gmail.com. And um, then I can get your uh, your address and all that. But um, yeah, it is U.S. shipping only. I make two sizes of these little paperweight flatters, kind of models, I guess. I don't know. I don't really like to say models, but um, they're just they're just fun little paperweights. And so I have one that is about the size of, I guess, a U.S. like fifty cent piece. Um, and then another one that is about two inches across on the bottom and fits, you know, basically in like the palm of my hand. And so, yeah, they're just handheld little, little paperweights that, um, 
you know, people seem to really enjoy them for their, you know, if they go out in, and do street activism, it's just a great little thing to, to hold and show people because a lot of people are just so visual and they can't picture what we're trying to say. But if you show them a little thing, they, they seem to get it a lot better. So people are liking them. So yeah, it's well, fun. Yeah, I mean, that's true because people have been raised on, on the globe, as in in classrooms, they see it on the TV every five minutes, it, the, the, the circular ball with the continents on. It's that they identify with that incredibly quickly. So when you say flat, they automatically think boats sailing off the edge of the world and no one going anywhere for, for being scared of dying, you know, and then you say, no, 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 you know, the water doesn't pour off the edge. It's more like this. It's contained this way. And you explain the dynamics and how things work. That visual aid, like you say, the, the, the paperweight for, we'll call it a paperweight, but the, with a the little glass dome showing people how it all kind of sticks together. And again, the, the, the app, David Weiss's app, the sun, moon and, zodiac clock app if i've got that right um i think that's a fantastic resource and if you couple the two together you know the the people like or most people like to see a physical thing don't they 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 like the imagery people were very uh image and sensory orientated so if you try to explain something to someone unless they can really imagine it that they they might just struggle with the whole you know i don't get what you mean you know and the class the classic is where is the edge? And you say, but in your system, there is no edge to space. So if you can't wrap your head around <laughs> the fact that we're saying the land just extends, you know, and maybe it is infinite, you know, I mean, can you get your head around infinity? But you say, but you're happy to imagine a vastness so great that you can't reach the end of it. But when we say we've got land like that, you go, oh, that's silly. You go, what, what, what's the difference? You know, it doesn't end or, you know, it might end. It might not end. Who knows? Who Who knows what's beyond the end? I mean, that's that's the great question, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, that's one thing that I think about a lot. You know, people people will demand that we um, go to Antarctica, show, show me the edge, uh, show me this. And it's like, okay, like, even if we could freely explore Antarctica, which we can't because the Antarctic Treaty is in place, so we're not allowed to go just freely explore. Even if we could, though, um, like, I kind of think that there is other land beyond our dome, but so once you get to Antarctica, you're in, you're in endless ice and snow, basically, and so there might be other land, but what if it's 50,000 miles outside of our dome until you get to another one of these little puddles. Well, if you get far enough away from our sun, you're going to be in just just pitch darkness and there's no way to, uh, you know, there's no way to fly down there. You can't take enough fuel. There's no way that you're going to be able to take enough uh, supplies on like a, on a sled or something. And, um, and so even if we could freely explore down there, there's just no telling another one of these lands may be. And you may pick a direction to go in and be traveling for the rest of your life. And 
you might be going in the completely wrong way. Like, there's no possible way to know which way the other lands might be or how far away they are. And yeah, I, that's one of those things. Like, even if we could go freely explore Antarctica, that doesn't really appeal to me. I don't really enjoy being cold and in the dark. And, uh, and yeah, so that's I, not, I, that's not my... I've served on two mountain rescue teams and I've done winter skill training up in the Scottish Cairngorms. Now, I'm not suggesting that the Scottish Cairngorms are anywhere near as harsh as Antarctica, but it's mm-hmm. not a funny place to be when you're cold. Yeah. <laughs> and like the wind's blowing mm-hmm. and there's bits of ice, you know, like icy snow cutting into you and you, you've got your goggles on and you're all bundled up, your visibility's reduced, you know, and you're trying to do even simple tasks, you know, like putting gloves on can be all of a sudden an awkward thing, yeah? And I think you're right to wonder in just picking a, a, a you know, oh, I've landed at, you know, the, the, Ross, the, the Ross ice shelf and you say to yourself, I'm just going to point myself that way and carry on walking and see how far I get before, I, you know, before it all goes horribly wrong is it, foolhardy at best, isn't it? And Let's entertain the simulation theory and you might get to a point where you suddenly hit a point where you are literally just walking in a whiteness that is just being re-rendered constantly. So you'll never, ever, ever reach the end. I mean, that is a potential possibility, you know, like uh, like the old Star Trek holodeck. You know, you can walk and walk and walk, but you never reach the wall, do you? So, you know, again, you might just hit a point where as Mark Sargent would say, you know, the computer programmer just decides to stop rendering stuff because no one else is going to see it, you know? Exactly. You know? Thinking on that, how many TV programs have you seen within the last few years where a character ends up stood in a completely white void, you know, where they, you know, and then someone walks to them and says, you know, this is, you know, this is your imagination. You know, like, like the Matrix where they're just, Again, so Matrix, right. White Void, uh, The Good Place, Big White Void. Uh, I, think, mm-hmm. I think in Haven, uh, there was a Big White Void at one point. Do you mean there's all these programs where when you're not in the simulation, you are in nothing but as white as you can see. So that's only thing right. to think of. Yeah, I mean, um, Game of Thrones was really, really huge over here a couple of years ago, um, and they had a they had an ice wall in that, and then you know, in a couple episodes, people would be walking through the the snowy plains of the north, and yeah. and yeah, I mean, you can't see ten feet in front of you, and then you know, one of the ends of one of the episodes, um, the group is just standing on this this snowy plain and you see the the uh, they were called white walkers they're like zombies we we had it here as well it was very big in the uk as well yeah okay and so yeah the you just see the the shadows of the the white walkers start coming out of the the snow and uh yeah, it's like, well, were they there before or did they just just happen to appear now but um but yeah, it's very, very interesting. But yeah, I think now with Game of Thrones, if you say the ice wall, they they immediately think yeah. of that, and yeah. um, you know they think, oh well, how do you get onto the onto the the other side of the ice wall? What's on the other side of that? And it's like, well, no, it's not really a wall like that. It kind of, I would think that it, you know, you you would reach the 
the shoreline and then it goes up you know however uh, uh, however many feet could be a few hundred feet tall and then at the top it's a a plateau of snow and ice and who knows how long that goes on yeah. for and uh, yeah absolutely I, i've, I've yeah. used i've used the lake shoreline reference before because i think that makes more sense to people mm-hmm. you know but it really does yeah yeah and again it's all visualization as well because when you say when you see the term wall people imagine something with height and width and a minimal depth you know because that's what walls are right. it contains something um mm-hmm. if you say a shoreline if you say well you know imagine um let's imagine the the united kingdom is the entire world and you cross the channel mm-hmm. and you hit you know the the cliffs you know, at, at Calais or whatever, once you get onto the French soil, you, you might not know how far you could walk before you come to water again, you know what I mean? Or, or you run out of land. That's the analogy that you, you're trying to explain to people. But again, with the indoctrination system and this almost inbuilt trigger when you say flat earth, it, it's it's it, when I first seen it, I was quite amazed at how i had done that as well in the past you know when you heard the word oh people thought the earth was flat and you're oh you know roll your eyes how silly you know how backward of them all and then when you see that when you realize that the earth is not what they're telling us uh, what it is we don't know for 100 percent, but we certainly know it's not circular you know it's circular spherical right. um because We've done all the tests, but people, if you do mention it, they, they, they trigger quick. Some people really, really trigger quick. And they trigger and they reiterate exactly the same talking points. Boats going over the horizon, falling off the edge, you know, and we've sailed around the world. They, they're like almost the verbatim, the three trigger responses that you get off people. And you say, if every single person has the same three trigger responses, does that not smack a little bit of programming, <laughs> Jimmy? And they oh, go, absolutely. Oh, oh, I, um, I was talking to my buddy uh, Zulu One the other day about um, the curvature of the Earth because that's the other one that people will automatically go to. So they will always say that they've seen a boat go over the curve of the Earth, which... We know that uh, if you just get out binoculars, a telescope, high-powered camera, you know, P900, P1000, any of those, and you zoom in on that ship, it's still there perfectly level. Well, then the other thing that they'll say with that is, oh, well, haven't you ever been in an airplane? Because I've seen the curve from the airplane. And so I was thinking, so if you are just a normal person, you don't think anything about flat earth and then you go on a plane and you know, you're going to look out at the horizon. You're going to think whatever you want, but then you get off the plane and you're talking to one of your flat earth friends and you're going to say, Oh, well I was just in the airplane and I saw the curve from there. And so I was wondering, you know, when they're sitting on the plane, I, I don't believe they're actually seeing the curve. But then when it's mentioned to them later, it's almost like their mind is because they're certain that they live on a ball. So it's like their mind is kind of playing a computer trick on them, making it seem in their memory 
that what they saw was a curve when it actually isn't. It's just the horizon fading in the distance and they assume that it is because of the curve but um it's it's a very it's a very fascinating mind trick to me because i mean our minds are incredibly powerful but they are very easily tricked you know because everyone knows that if you go to a magician show the elephant didn't actually disappear off stage everybody knows that for a fact, but the way that they're able to use their smoke and mirrors and sleight of hand and all this, it makes you think, oh my God, the elephant actually disappeared. Where did it go? You know that it's still on stage or it's in a trap door or it's just behind a veil or whatever, but your mind is, it, it's just, it's so powerful, but so easily tricked at the same time. And, um, and so, yeah, I always... No, no, absolutely. No, no, there's multiple examples of people believing something because they've been, um, I think the term's front loaded. If you mention something in passing to certain people enough times, eventually when you want them to regurgitate back to you the talking point, you know, it's like, again, people who state things as fact, even though they've not actually investigated it because their basis for knowing it's fact is because everyone has said it, therefore it must be true. For example, mm-hmm. this is a classic, is even my kids tell me this one, right? And this was around when I was at school. They'll say, there was a woman that sued McDonald's because she spilt hot coffee on herself, right? And she mm-hmm. got like millions of pounds because she didn't realize the coffee was hot, even though she asked for a coffee and obviously coffee's hot. And this is one of these... Um, not, not a parable. What's the word I'm looking for? Urban myths. It's not. It's not an urban myth that she burnt herself. The urban myth is that she was stupid because she didn't realise that coffee was hot, and she burnt herself. Yet somehow managed to get money off McDonald's. Now, if you actually investigate the true story of what happened, you will be shocked and horrified at a how badly burnt she was, and how negligent McDonald's were in the whole supplying coffee that was beyond hot Jermaine, it wasn't like 65 it was almost boiling hot yeah and when they took it to the manager of the store and said jesus you know you know my grandmother or my mother here has suffered incredible burns because she's dropped this coffee you know what is going on they fobbed them off and then later on when it actually went to court they found out that the same restaurant and others had been cited you know through whatever health regulations that their urns were creating they literally almost steam hot you know water and and it went on for months and months and months but everyone condenses that story down to someone was so silly they didn't realize that coffee was going to be hot how dull do you have to be and that's because people hear the story so much I heard it when I was at school. My kids have now heard it now they're at school, you know, but, you know, 30 years later, people are still regurgitating that same story about the person who burnt themselves on hot coffee. And you go, well, have you actually bothered to check that or fact check it? Well, no, of course not, because I think it was on the news, you know, or someone else told me and they must have checked. And this is the mentality of people these days, I believe, when I get told things like there's a 24-hour live stream from the ISS that proves we're you know, on a spinning ball. And I go, can you supply me the link? And they go, no. Or they supply a link, and the first thing that you, 
you open the link and it's like you know down for maintenance or camera not on or it's a picture of the show you know the uh, control room with all the nasa people everywhere and then you type back to them and say yeah that link doesn't actually show the earth so you know the first five minutes i seen wasn't of the earth therefore it's not 24 7 yeah and then they come back and go right. oh well that they have breaks and they, 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 they obviously can't just do it constantly for, and i'll say right so back to my point there is not a 24-hour live stream which is what you asserted in your first point you know right. so correct yourself or at least be correct when you say something and state it as fact and nine times out of ten no one can actually cite any correct data for their assumptions on what they're telling you because it's all for my part speculation hearsay regurgitation and common consensus but hey what do i know (laughs) well also um i've noticed especially with this this uh, mask situation that peer pressure will convince people of just about anything because people are they are so terrified of being outside of the normal herd and like god forbid you are thought of as as different or weird or a little too out there and so people they will just give up anything that they think just because the most of the people around them are doing a certain thing and um i know that all of us in flat earth have felt that when we you know we happen to look into one thing and it sent us down this endless rabbit hole and we're just like oh my gosh like what am i gonna say to my family what am i gonna say to my friends how am i gonna be in the in the world thinking like this and i mean it took me nine months to even share a meme on facebook (laughs) about because i just i knew how people were going to react to it and i just dreaded it so much and so like i just i just kept it to myself and you know just like watched my videos and read what i wanted and whatever but i was just like how do i how do i bring this subject to people because i know that it's going to ostracize me in ways that at the time i wasn't ready for and then it just got to the point that i'm like you know what i just don't care anymore you know it's like if people are gonna love me or hate me whatever that is their that is their problem but i'm like i just can't keep this just to myself anymore i have to I have to find someone and now actually most of the people on my facebook page are actually flat earth and so that has gotten a lot easier you know a lot of the the normal people have have uh, removed me as their friend over time for one thing or another because um you know i noticed this with talking about 9-11 last year is um people People think that you you get on flat Earth and then that's just that's your thing now. But it's like flat Earth for me. What I actually did it backwards. Like I wasn't actively looking into any conspiracies, and then I found flat Earth, and then I realized about the moon landing and 9/11 and all this stuff. So I kind of went backwards through the rabbit hole. But people will say they're like, "Well, you're just you're just." 
endlessly lost in in this rabbit hole and your thoughts just keep getting more extreme and whatever and it's like no this is all just kind of a package deal like once you realize how huge this lie is about the earth it's very easy to see the other lies that preceded it and you know absolutely yeah i I, i've said this to other people before as well about like when like 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 most of us in the fe community i'm guessing most of us don't watch the news on a regular basis we maybe turn it on if there's a big story just to see what nonsense they're trying to push but i've i got to a point where i could when, when you listen like this is going to sound stupid but when you listen to news readers reading a story um i think i think you hit on this when you rang into strange worlds yesterday right so you listen mm-hmm. to a story and you hear what isn't being said yeah they'll say certain things and you go why are you saying that and not you know why aren't you continuing that sentence why are you deliberately not saying the rest of what you're saying you you you, you're missing big chunks of the information here like you said with the and i I believe it was you with the vaccine oh this vaccine saved a million people from dying of the flu for example but they don't tell you that you know several million people died of the flu anyway you know and out of that (laughs) several million that died anyway how many did get the vaccine and is it only a you know they're only asserting that people that had the flu and survived that had the vaccine it was because the vaccine saved them and they don't mention all the people that get the flu who don't get the vaccine that managed to fight it off and have a better immune system yeah they're giving you one bit of information that pushes their narrative and they neglect to tell you everything else so when you're watching a new story follow that sometimes you'll you'll hear them saying certain key phrases that are deliberately designed to draw your attention away from what they're not saying. And it's mm-hmm. incredibly fascinating if you when you attune yourself. And I think things like the Flat Earth, most, I would say 99.99% of all Flat Earthers, I think their bso meter is very highly tuned. So when, when they hear something, mm-hmm. it either jives straight away, as in, yeah, I can see that being right, or it's like, hang on, I need to just double check what you've said because I don't believe a word you've said. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's most of us. Yeah. I think there's maybe a small yes. percentage that just hear something and go, all oh, right, I'll believe it, you know? But, right. you know, but I, I think, like you say, like 9 11, um, that when that happened, uh, like, like a lot of people, I knew where I was. I just, I'd been driving all night, went to go on my local branch uh, of, of, of my bank and, they wouldn't let me in. Door was shut. They had to come and look at me and then let me in. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? They went, oh, there's been a terrorist attack and all the banks are shut. As in, you know, we're, we're controlling entry, you know? And they said, oh, a plane, because a plane's hit a bank in America. And I went, oh. And I, and I was thinking, oh, I'll be some kind of light Cessna or something's bashed, you know what I mean? And they're just playing it <laughs> safe. And then obviously I, I go home, turn the telly on. And like everyone else in the world, I turn the telly on and I see the second plane hitting, obviously, because they were just playing on a loop, weren't they? So everyone, (laughs) nearly everyone I speak to says, I turned the news on and I seen the second plane hit. You know what I mean? Everyone's seen the second plane hit. And I went, as soon as I seen it, I went, well, that's rubbish. You know, I was 13 years in the Royal Air Force. And I thought, where has that plane gone? Yeah, there should be bits of plane everywhere, (laughs) right? You know, the engines for a start wouldn't just 
evaporate. They're designed, you know, the reason they don't melt is because they're designed not to melt. Otherwise, you know, you know, when you start thinking about it, people go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, you know, the true narrative, planes hit the buildings, the buildings collapsed, free fall, you know, and you're like, no, this is, I, I, that just, I, I was sat there thinking any minute now that, you know, the, this was back then, I was thinking the BBC are going to say, well, this story doesn't look true, What what's happening in America? And then when they all started playing along, I was like, this this is worse than I ever thought I would ever see in my lifetime, you know, and then Flat Earth came along, you know, a few years later. But there you go. And I, and I, I, I do tell people this and some people don't believe me, but I'm sure there'll be if anyone out there from my old school is listening. When we did history, we got taught the JFK assassination was rubbish. Yeah, we actually looked at it from a conspiracy point of view. Now, I've spoken to other people in the UK and they say, no, I wasn't taught that at school. Definitely taught it at my school. And then when I've asked American people, what do you get taught about JFK? They say, we get told he was assassinated. And that's it. Like, you don't go into the ballistics, the the, the angles, the, the motorcade, the backstory behind um, Lee Harvey Oswald. You, you don't learn any of that. You don't learn about Jack Ruby. You just get told, John F. Kennedy assassinated. Is, is that about oh. right? Oh yeah, absolutely. That and that is that is so true in so many things. Um, you know, like um when I was in school, we were we it's like they give us the very, very base information and then they just leave it at that and then you just kinda never think of it again. So when I was going through school, um, they told us that Columbus discovered America. Well then you <laughs> you you go through you know high school or get out of high school and you realize oh um you know because we still have columbus day over here you know banks are closed schools are closed to celebrate columbus day uh discovering america well then come to find out that um columbus was a terrible person like he shouldn't be celebrated at all he came over to america by mistake he thought he was going to spain or italy or whatever and he came to america by mistake and then he stole the land from the natives who were here he raped all of them he killed all of them he enslaved them and he stole their land from them and so you know we're told the the very very base information that will just you know, oh, well, this is how we got to America. That's it. There you go. And then you come to realize, oh, no, that guy was actually awful and he, he shouldn't be celebrated in any way. Like he was a terrible person. And absolutely, that's very true. So much stuff. You know, um, I know there's so many countries um, outside of the U.S., they know that America never went to the moon. But America is so just, oh, we're the we're the best nation. We're number one. We're just crushing so hard. We're so awesome. We went to the moon before Russia, all this stuff. And then other countries are like, guys, you're insane. We know that you didn't do that. Like that that's not <laughs> that's not possible to do. We know that you're lying about that. And and America is just so we're just so obsessed with telling people that we are so awesome and like they can't even they can't even see that 
the lunar lander is just this homeless person's tree fort. And, you know, if you breathe on it too heavy, <laughs> the aluminum is just going to fall apart. I mean, but yeah, yeah, other countries just, they laugh at us for that. They're like, you guys are ridiculous. That thing is absurd. And we know you didn't do that. <laughs> if, if, you, if you get a chance, there is a fantastic website. I think it's called uh, Information for a... Information for an informed America, I think. I'd have to, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But if you Google wag the moon doggy or just moon doggy, all one word, yeah, and you can get it on mm-hmm. audios. It's free, and it, you can listen to the, the whole thing on audio if you want or read it. But that is a fantastic breakdown of how the moon landings just, like, so many impossibilities, like the how many photographs were taken, and how many hours astronauts actually spent on the moon. You know, they're taking like, you know, something, you know, don't quote me, right? You'd have to check this. But it's a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of pictures. And they're saying, right, they would have been taking a picture every couple of seconds to do the amount of pictures mm-hmm. that they took. Yeah. And that's right. coupled with driving around in the buggy. Yeah. Playing golf, singing nursery rhymes and bouncing around, you know, that, and then taking all these pictures. And you're like, that they, they couldn't have fit. It was a physical impossibility, very much like um, Lee Harvey Oswald firing the amount of rounds he was supposed to have fired with the weapon he had, impossibility. Mm-hmm. Um, Egyptian pyramids, you know, they, they say they were done in 30 years. And then if you do the maths, it's one stone being placed every, you know, couple of seconds, every six seconds or something, a stone's being placed. Right. And you go, yeah, not, not, not happening. Do you know what I mean? But the information's there. But again, people hear things as fact it is the mainstream narrative that is perpetually reinforced continually and and i I always pronounce this wrong subliminally he says you know you you watch on the news uh, the tv any game show there's always a space question The, the we've gone through this multiple times any movie you watch there will be a space reference in it you know, there'll be a globe in someone's office. There'll be a poster of a planet on a kid's wall. There'll be, you know, the, the, the planetary mobiles above a crib. It's there constantly just subtly reminding you the lie that they're trying to impose upon your brain. Like they say that the, the uh, that mental um, magic trick where they just keep on putting it there, putting it there very subtly, very subtly. And then eventually they go, name a planet. And you go, Jupiter. You know what I mean? Because that's the last thing that you remember seeing on a on an ice cream carton or a, you know, whatever. And you go, oh, how clever is that? You know, like the Saturn. I think there's a car called the Saturn. Do you mean? You know, it's just, it's there. It's always there. You know, you can't. There's not one thing that isn't space orientated. You know, even colours. Like you can go to a, um, we have B and Q here. You have what Home Depot, that sort of thing. And you go in. I bet yeah. there's a, a lunar grey or a or a, a Mars orange or Jermaine and you're like oh yeah I'll, I'll go for the lunar blue you know what I mean it's it's just non-stop once you start seeing it and it's quite exactly. fast and that even goes with I mean that goes with everything we used to have a um an oil and gas company that um gosh I can't remember the name of it but it it oh wait I almost had it no, I lost it. Um, but it its logo is a dinosaur. And so that is just a, you know, a small thing that is like perpetuating that 
our oil is from fossils, you know, fossil fuels come coming from dead dinosaurs that yeah. you know, decomposed and turned into oil. And and yeah, just something small like that, you know, this company's logo was a dinosaur, like a brontosaurus <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And it's just reaffirming that oh well yeah, obviously it's that and I would I would have to go um I'd have to recheck the maths again. Anyone listening to this podcast, don't take my word for it. Don't take the numbers I'm about to say as gospel. You need to do the maths on your own, right? But I, someone asked me about this a while ago. So I went, found out the radius of the Earth, right? I then went mm -hmm. and found in Wikipedia uh, the dinosaur eras, right? And found like mm -hmm. just a, a midpoint, you know, like not not the oldest supposedly dinosaurs or the newest dinosaurs i kind of found a, a mid-range i think i went with the jurassic period or something right so figure out how many years ago that was right and then you divide that by the radius of the earth right and then literally it's something ridiculous you only have to dig down a couple of feet to go a thousand years or or ten thousand years do you know what I mean and i was like oh wow we should be tripping over dinosaur bones because you know because if you divide how many years, you know what I mean? And they'll say, oh, no, no, they're further down because it's, lay they, you know, layers build up on them and then they get squished and they go further and further down. But ultimately, the, the radius of the Earth has been whatever, it, what they say it's been for quite a while, yeah? I don't think the Earth was smaller when the dinosaurs was around, you know? I don't, well, possibly, you know, the size of a beach ball with all these huge dinosaurs on? I don't think so. But, yeah, if, if you divide how many years of, like, how mainstream science tells you how long ago this was if you divide that by feet of the radius you, you're only digging literally feet before you're supposed to be hitting hundreds of thousands of years ago it, it was quite bizarre when we done the maths and we we did it a couple of times to make sure we hadn't messed anything up but we were like uh, yeah that makes no sense because you know i know i know there's places in america where supposedly dinosaur bones are lying around on the surface you know because of erosion but obviously, right. but they haven't turned to oil, have they? Just, you see, right, exactly. you see that the, the, there's little chinks in the story that you go, well, if they all turn to oil, why, why are these ones on here? There's, oh, it's erosion, and they, they were just below the surface. And you say, but the exactly. other, so the other ones that died and turned to oil were how many hundreds of feet below the surface? Do you <laughs> mean? And, it, and then the, the maths doesn't quite gel with the story, you know? And exactly. Then, we all know that um, scarcity is manufactured by the people in charge. Yeah, there is no such thing as scarcity. It is supply and demand. They deliberately pretend that things are low in supply so they can create the demand and therefore make the money. That exactly, I think most people because... I think most people understand that. But when you start trying to explain to them, that's also links in with history and our current paradigm is based on what we believe to have happened in the past you know mm -hmm. and then yeah now... i mean we have we have oil oil wells that uh they will they will tap it out they'll take all the oil out of it and then they move on to a new place and then for whatever reason they go back to that hole later and it not only refilled with oil, but is like overflowing with oil. So did like a bunch more dinosaurs die and then turn into oil in, in that time? 
you know, it's just it's just complete nonsense that that the earth could run out of oil because I kind of think of oil as as like like the earth's blood because I think that the earth is is alive in some way and because it's constantly changing it's constantly doing all these things to try to heal itself like our body does you know if you cut your finger your body immediately tries to heal that spot it's going to send that cut and heal it immediately and i think the earth does the same thing and so if we you know i mean we can give give blood to to the hospital or whatever and then our body is going to make more blood and so i think the earth is doing exactly that with with oil and that has just been proven with oil holes refilling and overflowing with more oil after it's been tapped dry yeah uh, absolutely i'll I'll 100 agree with you there that the that the earth itself is a it it is a living organism i mean you have to just look out your window to see stuff living you know what I mean? And that's all part of the Earth system. Um, and I think, is there a, there's the, is it the Schumann resonance, resonance where the guy that figured out the vibration of the Earth, um, you'd have to look into that one with the, the, he got a load of people to meditate uh, and change something. And he, again, it's all about frequency and understanding the frequency. Um, right. But like you say, if you dig, no. a, if you dig a trench in a field and then don't maintain that trench, Eventually, that trench fills up again. Now, people will say, oh, yeah, that's just debris falling in and then mulching down and then things grow and fall in it and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, that scar that you've created, will there'll always be a little line there, but it will fill in just almost, like you say, like a, a scab on a, on a cut finger. You know, the earth always somehow regenerates whatever you've done to it. You know, you cut, you cut down a forest, you leave it a few years, trees are there again you know you tar back a large area like runway uh the again being in the royal air force i've been to old abandoned places before where they've you know proper six to eight inch thick concrete slabs on places for aircraft hard standings and the like and then they abandon a, a place three or four years later you go and grass has grown through it you know and actually crack the concrete and you know that another 30 40 years People might not even know there was anything there, you know. And then they they find these ruins in the in the Amazon or um, in sort of South America and places like that, where they find the old Aztec temples, you know, that no one knew were there mm-hmm. because the trees have just grown up right around it and are so enormous in the canopies, no one can see them from the air. And it takes someone to find you know, stumble across it, you know, when they're out, you know, lost <laughs> or looking for something yeah. else, and they say, I've just found this house in the middle of nowhere, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the Earth is constantly trying to retake back what it was, and and yeah, you just give it any time, and grass and trees will start retaking it back. And um, yeah, I've always kind of said that if you know, I mean, everybody is going to die at some point, but if Mother Nature decides that she wants to take me out with you know, a hurricane, a flood, a fire or whatever. My tiny little human body can't do anything to stop that. That that force is so beyond my capacity and my control to to stop that I just try to respectfully stay out of those those danger ways. But yeah, if Mother Nature 
you know, I've always thought, um, what if the planet got so tired of humans poisoning it and doing these awful things that plants started uh, making poison instead of oxygen? There's no way for us to combat that, and we're going to die very, very quickly. <laughs> and so, yeah, if all, all, all the trees decide to decide not to absorb CO2 and not produce oxygen. <laughs> you mean, yeah, that that would be a, yeah, devastating. But again, like you say, it, it it seems fairly obvious that the planet is a living thing. You know, when you like you say, you just have to look at it doing its thing. But some yeah. people don't don't grasp that. And again, I've heard people this when the the whole eco green warrior thing, and people start you know they're chanting you know we're killing the planet, we're killing the planet, and I and I think no no the the planet will be fine. We're killing ourselves. That's what we're all to be doing because if every person was wiped off the face of the earth, the planet wouldn't die. You know, you know, the trees right. wouldn't suddenly go. Oh dear God, there's no Wi-Fi and no uh, Netflix. I'm just going to curl up in a ball and, and die. The, you know, exactly. the, 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 it would just trees would carry on growing, grass would grow, animals would you know breed and multiply. Predators exactly. would you know predators would feed during the good days and die out when it was leaner times. You know, it's just one of those things. It's a perpetual balance. It's the yin and the yang, isn't it? You know, the light and the dark. You can't have one without the other. It's, I think we as humans are the, I mean, we're tipping the balance one way, are we? And some of us are trying to straighten that balance out. Is it the NPCs Mm -hmm. trying to screw everything up and we play a character, ready player one, us players are trying to combat the evil you know, but the story's that enormous, you know, some of us, you know, are sat in our vans with a pair of headphones on doing a podcast when (laughs) somebody else is loading a plane up with a load of chemicals to spray everywhere, you know, and you go, well, I can't stop him because I don't even know where he is or what he's doing, you know, but the the hope is that maybe one person listens to the podcast and that one person can make a difference. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's, uh, and I can't remember who said it, but someone said uh, a while ago, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you start doing something. And then that's when I, you know, I've I've been on Twitter. I used to be, I think I've got a Facebook account, uh, Discord a lot. And I just got Mm -hmm. not not despondent, but I suppose despondent is probably the best word of the lack of, things going forward we've done so many fantastic things you know and yet we don't seem to get traction but then the gears that give you traction are not geared for us you know the news isn't gonna go wow national geographic were caught out bullshitting at the salton sea you know why would they do that they're not gonna do that do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah we tell people this um and talking points people still go on about Jaron proving the earth's curvature because of his experiment and you go no you've done no due diligence there have you You haven't followed up on that story you've heard it once and you laugh about it and you keep on repeating it hoping that you repeat it enough times some people will hear that story and go oh well it obviously isn't flat because they've proved it you know the hope is that we the hope is that we catch that one person who thinks that looks into it realizes that the people they've listened to are, are bullshit artists and then look into it themselves and then they might be the one that catalyzes something else do you know what I mean they they think exactly. of an idea or or 
hopefully they're in a position where they can put a bit more muscle behind it you know you know by you know maybe they own a little radio station or a tv station or they just push the buttons to get the conversation started somewhere else and again without the the vitriol without the hate and the the nastiness yeah mm -hmm. because that's what yeah, stops I... the conversation because we as individuals don't want to deal with that nonsense and the people that are being nasty rude and ignorant aren't willing to listen so right. it's it's the unstoppable force meets the immovable object we, we don't go anywhere because it's just sad <laughs> to be fair it really is you know i noticed um i live in like a gated community and so i go for walks around the community almost every day and i notice uh you know the people who have different different signs in their yards you know blatantly stating their beliefs you know obviously there's like political signs of like oh you should vote for this person whatever or you know the uh the like everyone is like on the black lives matter movement like all of america like our cities are you know in protests and riots currently but i always wonder um you know, let's say 10 people drive by your house in a day and how many of those people are going to see your pro-Trump or BLM uh, sign and they're going to get on board with it when if you really want to make a difference in your community and people's lives, why don't you put out a, a stand that is like, hey, I have free seeds. Take some seeds and go plant plant a plant. Or, hey, I grew all this stuff in my garden and this is extra. Do you want some zucchini? Like, I think that would make people change their mind way more than just, you have to vote for this person. You have to think this viewpoint when if you just do something kind and polite for people, that is going to change their opinion way more than you like screaming at them about Absolutely. you know whatever nonsense or like the people who cover their their car in these bumper stickers of like i'm for this i'm for that and it's like who are you really convincing because honestly when i see that stuff i just kind of i I like I guess I get a little annoyed and I just shut down and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, okay. Well, you and I aren't aren't going to agree on on uh too many things. I'm not going to come and knock on your door and ask you for help because your viewpoint is so so different than mine that we're not going to get anywhere. Whereas if you if you offer, you know, "Hey, I I can help you build a garden or whatever." And then in building the garden together, you might start talking and be like, oh, hey, well, what do you think about this? And you might actually change their mind on something. But, yeah. You know, the, just the... screaming at them and saying, you have to think like this. Like, oh, well, now I'm not going to think like that just because I'm kind of stubborn anyway. And if you tell me I have to do something, I'm probably not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. There's two, there's two um, sayings that spring to mind when i when i hear people talking about politics and the like but one is it doesn't matter who you vote for the government still gets in you know that's 
you know, it'll, it'll always be the go- like, and it'll always be the government's fault. You'll be hearing this for everyone a day. Oh, uh, you know, uh, when we get the other government in, and they forget that the other government was the same government that was in before this government got in, and they still all screwed it up. And and no, and I, I'm still amazed that people are even buying into it. I actually think that no one could turn up at the polls. Yeah, no one could vote, and the news cycle would report it as if everyone was going out voting. You know, oh, it was a massive turnout. Uh, this state went blue. This state went red. And people would be sat going, oh, well, you know, some there's still people out there voting. And it might be the case that no one's voted. But again, those gears are geared for the paradigm. They're not geared for normal people that want the world to be a better place, you know. And the yeah. other the other one was it's um, left wing or right wing. It's still the same bird. I hear that a lot, you know, which absolutely... Oh. People will always say to me, um, you know, because right now in America, it's uh, it's the current president, Trump versus Joe Biden. He's the, the Democrat uh, party. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't care about politics in any way. But in comparison, at least I think Trump is funny and he doesn't like creepily smell children. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> At this time, people will say, well, voting for Biden is voting for the lesser of two evils. And it's like, well, you you don't know that at all. You don't know that Biden is less evil or more evil or whatever. And if you're voting for the less of evils, you're still voting for evil. So I just choose to not participate. And if you vote for the this two-party system you're saying that you agree with this two-party system just by deciding one or the other and i just decide well i don't want either of them neither of them represent what i want america to be like if you had a running person who comes out and says every adult is going to get five acres of land and you'll have access to you know, the things that you need to thrive in your life, I would yeah. consider voting for that person because that is the, that's the paradigm and life that I want to live in. You know, I don't want to live in, in cities, not knowing my neighbors, not being able to yeah. have a garden and stuff. And, and so, yeah, I, I'm not going to play their game of, well, you have to vote for the lesser of two evils and it's like mm, no i choose to not participate in in this horror show and absolutely and i mean i i think that the votes are like the president is decided by whoever buys the biggest ticket like absolutely i, I don't yeah. think no, no. i think your votes matter on a small scale like in your hometown or up to the state level i think that's where you should vote on stuff because that stuff yeah. directly affects you. You know, what's happening with my kids' school system? What's happening with our local local law enforcement? Yeah, I think your, that's your where local it does transport happen. systems and your roads and things, things that affect you getting from A to B. <laughs> this is, again, when I've mentioned, uh, like, for want of a better word, abolishing governments, you might you would have heard this one as well but who who's going to make the who's going to build the roads if we don't have taxes and government and i'll say you know what mm-hmm. you know what used to happen before there was government and taxes do you know who used to build roads then 
people that had to get stuff some places that's who used to do it you know what I mean? they used to just trample the ground until it was you know became the road you know if i had cattle and i need we we still have them here in scotland drover routes where someone on the east coast needs to get their cattle to the west coast they used to just drive them across what are now you know little tracks and stuff because they needed to do it you know they didn't say well i can't take my cattle west because i haven't paid my taxes and there's no government to build a road for me they just bloody well got on and done it but people miss that in the in the oregon trail when people were uh forging america they were going cross country in a oxen driven uh you know carriage type covered wagons yeah and yeah, the covered wagons, exactly. And so it's like they didn't they weren't saying, Oh, well, we can't go to California because there's no road for us to go. No, they just loaded up their family and they went. And when enough people did it, then eventually there's a path there. And then eventually after that someone was like, Hey, let's put down some stone or, you know, make this an official official road but you know, it's like yeah, I go well, on it starts and, I mean I'm sorry to interrupt you, but in Scotland, this is what happens when we you get like a, a track. We have a lot of open land where people are allowed to walk and stuff. And tracks naturally form where people cut. You'd see it on a college campus. If you have a square bit of grass after a season, you'll see where everyone walks. You know, you know which way people cut across diagonally, people cut across corners and eventually you might as well say, do you know what? Everyone's walking on these brown bits of soil. Let's pave it, right? The same situation happens where a certain area becomes muddy because it's getting trampled a lot. And then someone says one day, do you know what? I'm sick of getting my boots muddy. I'm going to get some of these rocks off the side of the road, throw them in the hole so I can walk across this bit without getting muddy. And then that bit just extends. And then someone, like you say, someone says, you know what? I might put some stones in this bit over here because when I'm pushing my cart, it keeps on sticking on this bit. So I'll level this bit off. And eventually, yep. over time, a road's formed. And no one was involved exactly. apart from the people who did it to benefit themselves, you know, and others, hopefully. I mean, the other, there's another good saying that is, if you do an act, if you do an act of kindness and help someone out, hoping for, uh, rep, like, uh, for, for, rem- remuneration then you're not doing yeah. an act of kindness you're doing business you know right an act a, a selfless yeah. act is, is is what more people need to be doing you know like you say um, exactly. if we have an abundance of um, tomatoes from our greenhouse or extra potatoes and we know we're not going to eat them we don't go well no one's going to pay for these so we'll just bin them you know we take them around to our friend's house and say there you go you know not expecting anything in return you know you just do it because exactly. it's the right thing to do. And I think if more people exactly. did, that, the world would certainly be a better place. I noticed I have friends on Facebook who it's like all they want to do is, you know, it's just like the political sign in your yard. They just want to share articles, make their point and have everybody say, oh, yes, you're so smart. Thank you so much for for sharing that. And, you know, they'll just complain endlessly about well, who's going to do something about about climate change? Who's going to do something about all this trash? Who's going to do something? And it's like, well, are you 
are you a free person? Why don't you pick up a trash bag and go to your local beach and clean up the trash on the beach? Not for bragging rights, not for any reason except yeah. you just want to make your slice of the world a little bit better and a little bit nicer and feel that you actually did something because by you sharing endless articles and demanding that the world changes around you like i'm sorry but since the beginning of of time there has been people who were richer and people who were poorer and that doesn't stop either of them from living and doing their own thing you know just because people are poor and someone lives in a big house that never stopped them from planting a seed to feed their family you know it's like what are what are you going to do about it how are you going to make the difference because you screaming at people that they need to change they're going to shut down and they're not going to respond to that but if you say hey you know what i decided to get off Facebook and I went outside and I cleaned up my local park and I cleaned up my local beach and now you know look yep. at the animals that are able to come back to this beach because it wasn't covered in trash or that is where you're going to make way more of a difference than just endlessly yelling at people that the world needs to change around you no you have to change your world and the world will improve uh, uh, absolutely and, and that that will will segue back into flat earth for the the last sort of uh, we've been an hour an hour almost an hour and six minutes so we'll 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 segue back to flat earth on on that note how many times have you been told to go to the edge and take a photograph yourself and i and again you say to someone i'll oh. tell you what how about you stump up the 90 odd thousand pounds it takes to go there yourself and report back to me what you mean? and they're like oh no you need to prove it to me so i don't need to prove nothing to you yeah i'm telling you what i've already researched and what i found yeah so don't come at me saying i need to do stuff yeah it's like um if i t if i i've got a series of pictures of an object at 10 miles you know that shouldn't be visible and i say well, it's still visible. Every time I go and take the same picture, it's still there. And people go, oh, well, you need to supply this data and you need to pass it. Yeah. How about you go down to a beach and take a picture and prove to me that my picture's wrong? How, how's that? Yeah. I don't need to tell you what color underpants I'm wearing for you to justify this picture. Yeah. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing. Right. And it's up to you to, to do what you want with it if you want to believe it or don't believe it. But ultimately, I'm telling you what I'm seeing. And I think think again 99 sorry did i get cut off there for a second oh yes i think i lost you for just a sec but yeah you're back because <laughs> i'm on my phone i had an alarm go off to remind me to do something oh. so, so that that is literally me being told i need to stop this and get on with something else so um dotty it's been fantastic talking to you and I think we, we yes, hit a bit, a, bit, a bit of flat earth and a little bit of social commentary. And I would, mm -hmm. I'm going to, like I said, I'll edit out the, the beginning when we were having like the, the initial connection because that was just us rambling. Mm -hmm. um, I'll probably put a bit of background music to this. I think I will obviously put in the show notes the links that you've said. Do you want to plug yourself one last time? Oh, talking of which your YouTube channel, because I went and familiarized myself with the incredible shrinking woman of flat earth again, 
with your high heels <laughs> running along. That was back in the days when we were doing the angle of attack videos, wasn't it? When we were all sliding coins on coffee tables yeah. and stuff. Back back in the day, yeah. we did that. Eh? When we were, we were proving that things can disappear from the bottom up on a flat surface. And if anyone who's listening to this has no idea what we're talking about, oh, you're well behind. That was that was a year and a half ago now, two years. Yeah, I mean, that was, go, yeah. gosh, that was a, like, first or second YouTube video. That was so long ago. It's crazy. Um, and, I mean, on uh, on Nathan Oakley's Flat Earth Debate channel, they're still talking about that same subject. They, they still, every day, have people in their debate who are like, no, it's not happening like this. And it's just like, my God, how many endless videos that people made about that same subject yeah. and how I mean, how, how big how sorry go and finish finish what you're saying sorry oh you're fine yeah i was just saying if people don't want to see it they're they're just not going to see it and that's very evident from years of listening to people that some people they really just do want to stay in the matrix they don't want to they don't want to have their cushy comforts taken away from them and yeah it, it's pretty mind-blowing how stubborn people can be about this but that's why i kind of go towards people who are not stubborn like that you know it's just so much easier to connect with people who already get it and <laughs> yeah i don't want to convince people i don't want to argue i just i just want to live a good life and you know grow a beautiful garden to share with my neighbors so and there you go i think that's a a perfect place to end that then well i hope you enjoyed that fireside kind of chat that i had with dotty i'm sure there'll be others to come the normal podcast episode five should be out on the 19th of september 2020 thanks for listening see you all in a few weeks bye